Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. If you got your Bible with you, and I hope you do, I want you to go to Mark's Gospel, Chapter 4. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm trying not to look over there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4. Tonight, we're going to talk about having a quiet soul. Having a quiet soul. Amen? You know what your soul is, don't you? That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everything that makes up your physical being, everything that makes you who you are, whether it's good or bad, is all there. Amen? Your, your spirit is secure in God, but Lord, help us with our soul, right? Amen. We need help with it, don't we? We can't, we can't just let it do whatever it wants to do. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know that uh, that doesn't work too well? Praise God. So we're going to talk about this tonight, and I'm going to give you a, here at the end four little keys, so to speak, of how to get your soul quiet, amen, so it's not running amok. Praise God, like so many of them do. Praise God. So we're going to look at, first of all, I'm going to look at two examples of people who had quiet souls, amen? And the first one, of course, is Jesus our Lord, amen? So we're going to look at this in Mark chapter 4, are you there? And we're going to start with verse 35. We'll read through it, and then I want to make some uh, comments on it as, as we look at this. Verse 35, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in a boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So here we have the story of Jesus and his disciples in a boat crossing the lake to the other side after they had done some, after Jesus had done so many wonderful things. And it said that he was wanting to cross over to the other side. Amen? And so it says, and they took him in a boat as he was. That tells me they didn't do any prep preparation. They didn't get things together. They didn't get changes of clothing. They didn't prepare food. Amen? No one said, but Master, why don't we wait till tomorrow morning whenever... 
it's clear outside and we can see. Why do we need to go into evening like this? No one said anything about that, did they? Amen? They just took Jesus as his word and they left. And I dare say that they were probably pretty excited about what might be transpiring on the other side of the lake. I mean, they'd seen some pretty awesome stuff. And here Jesus is giving them a command. Okay, boys, we're going to head out again. Oh, they were happy. Amen? They were happy, praise God. And so they get out there on the lake, and I'm, I'm thinking, this is just me. This is just the way I'm thinking. They were probably right smack dab in the middle of that lake whenever that storm hit. Amen? They were too far from the one shore to get back safely, but yet they were too far away from the other shore to press on and get there, so they're stuck right there in the middle. Waves beating in, all kinds of stuff, wind, people screaming, Amen. And where was the Lord? In the stern of the ship, asleep. Amen. You have to be pretty quiet in your soul to sleep during a storm like that. Whenever there's a storm at our house, my wife, she's immediately up. And I can sleep through it except for the fact that she'll wake me up to tell me that there's a storm. Yeah. Amen. Did you hear that? Well, no, I didn't, but I'll be listening now. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. So we're on dry land, and we get all excited about a thunderstorm coming through sometimes. Oh, did you hear that thunder? Did you see that lightning? Did you hear that wind? And all these things, you know, we're all just kind of get ourselves all bum-fuzzled. Amen. But Jesus was asleep. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this. Was it a surprise to Jesus that there was a storm? Let me answer that for you. No. Guarantee it. Anytime you are doing the will of God, you're going to have a storm. Amen. So it just... Is how you are going to pursue going through the storm. Because you're going to have to go through it. There's no way of getting around it. Amen. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Amen. So you're not going to get out of its way. You're not going to find a different route to go around it. You're going to have to go through it. And so it just all depends on how you want to go through it. Do you want to go through it in victory? With that in your thinking, that I'm going to go through this thing and I'm going to come out on the other side and I'm going to be fine. Or are you going to be like I used to be on roller coasters when you're coming up to the very pinnacle of it and you start to go down and you get white knuckled and you close your eyes and you scream. Amen. (laughs) Oh, that's why I don't ride roller coasters anymore. I don't want anything to do with them, praise God. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't scream, brother. You're a man. 
Yeah, I scream like a girl. Amen. <laughs> I'll never forget this one. <laughs> this one time, years, years ago, before Kay and I were married, and we went to a county fair in Spencer County at Rockport. It was me and her and my mom. My mom went along. Lord knows why we took mom, but we did. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so there's this one, and Kay likes rides. She likes to get on. She likes the thrill of them. You know, don't ask me why. I have no idea. But there was this one where it was made like a, a boat with a dragon's head on it, and it would go back and forth like this. You've seen them, I'm sure. Amen. So she said, let's get on that. Well, what are you going to do? You know, you got to trying to impress your, your lady. And so you say, sure, let's, <laughs> let's do this. Well, we get on that thing and we're all three. Kay's sitting in the middle. I'm on one side. My mom's on the other side. And that thing starts going. And at first, it's not so bad. But then it gets way up there. And I'm getting sicker than a dog. Amen. <laughs> My mom's screaming. And we both got our heads laying on Kay's shoulders. Such a sight to see. Amen? I was never so glad to get off of that thing in my life. Amen? Yeah. It was a bad deal. Yeah. I think we went home after that. <laughs> it was more than I could handle. Praise God. But Jesus was asleep in the stern of the ship. Taking it easy, relaxing. He had already declared what they were going to do. We're going to go to the other side. Everybody was excited about it. Amen. Nobody questioned him at all on it until the storm. Then whose fault was it? Don't you care that we're perishing? Amen. A lot of faith there, praise God. Amen. They were full of it whenever they started, but after that, when that storm hit, their souls took over. Amen? Now, everybody's had things happen like that, so, you know, I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands because you'll never raise your hand that you've ever done anything like that anyway. Amen? But everybody has. Something suddenly comes News comes. Amen? Or whatever it might be. Out of the ordinary. You're not looking for it to happen, but there, right there it is. And so how are you going to react to that? Amen? Praise God. How are you going to react to those types of things? Jesus wasn't surprised, but he already knew what the answer was. Father had already told him we're you guys are going to the other side. So that's what's going to happen. Amen? So they got over there. Jesus calmed the storm. Everything was at, it said there was a great calm. Just like there was a great storm at first, now there's a great calm. Amen? And so they get to the other side. And Jesus said, well, boys, we made it. No, he didn't. He said, why don't you have any faith? Why didn't you believe me? 
Why why didn't you take me at my word? Why didn't you see from the examples that I've given you before, the things that we had been through, why didn't you take those into account? That we're going to make it. Amen? No matter what the outward things are, we're still going to make it. And that's the way that you and I got to look at things. No matter what the outside of these things are going to look like, and everybody's circumstances may be different, but we're going to make it. Amen? We're going to get to the other side. Praise God. We're going to have an Isaiah 54, 17 moment. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Why is that? Because these things are the heritage of God's people. Amen? So you've got to look at it like that. You've got to start to train yourself. And Please, understand this. I'm not there yet. I'm just, I'm in the same boat with everybody else. Amen? We're all moving toward this together. But if someone doesn't say anything about it, no one will know what they need to do. We got to prepare. You got to be like a Boy Scout, always prepared. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at another one in Acts chapter 12. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 12. Let's go there. Amen. Hallelujah. That little thing is going to get dropped. Are you there? Acts chapter 12, starting with verse 1. It says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass or persecute some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. So when he had him had him arrested, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. I read that this morning. I thought, well, how many many soldiers is a squad? Amen. Now, if you have an Amplified Bible, it's going to tell you that it's four in this particular case. But Mr. Google also says this, that a squad can be anywhere from seven to fourteen. So you multiply that times four. Amen. Hallelujah. But even when the Amplified says it it was four, that's 16. 16 soldiers to guard one man. Sort of overkill, isn't it? But that's the danger of that man. Of what he had done and what he was doing. Amen. So they arrest Peter, and Peter was kept in prison in verse 5, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now look at verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping. Amen. He was sleeping. With a death sentence over his head, he was sleeping. Hallelujah. Bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door 
we're keeping to prison. Man, I tell you what, that's maximum security. Amen. But what was Peter doing? He was sawing logs. Amen. He probably kept them soldiers up all night. Man, ah, did you hear how he snores? Woo! My heavens. Amen. He was sleeping. Hallelujah. How do you sleep knowing that you're going to die the next day? How do you sleep? Amen? I don't think I could. Hallelujah. The only way that Jesus and Peter both were able to sleep during those times was because they both knew that they were in the perfect will of God. And because they were in the perfect will of God, God would rescue them out of their situations. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the reason. That's the reason he was able to sleep in the worst of all conditions. Jesus at least had a leather pillow to sleep on. Peter slept on a stone slab. Maybe sitting on the floor waist deep in swill. Who knows for sure? I, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there to, for graphics. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But he was asleep. Because he knew. He knew that because he was in the perfect will of God, that God will save him. Now, look at this. This is, this is really an interesting thing. The angel comes and strikes Peter on the side to wake him up, tells him to arise quickly, and the chains fall off. That's verse 7. Verse 8 says, Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put, your gar put on your garment and follow me. Amen. So Peter didn't know what was going on. You know, you get woke out of a uh, sound sleep. Sometimes you're disoriented a little bit. You're not for sure. So he thought he was seeing a vision. He, he, didn't, he didn't actually think he was seeing an angel doing all this. He, he was just perceiving all this and he's thinking. Amen. Hallelujah. And so they, they go out through the... the, the, the uh, Gates and it opens up and leads into the city, and then the angel departs. Now look at verse eleven. This this is something that I I really think is good. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, "Now I know for certain." When I read that, I thought, you know what? Peter had been contemplating how the Lord might rescue him out of this situation thinking about saying, have you ever thought about being in, in the middle of something and thinking about how you're going to get out of it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen? Sure, everybody does. And then he, after it was over, he says, now I know for sure. Wow. God is good on his word. Amen? 
He had probably thought about some ways God would do it, but God did it in an entirely different way. But yet Peter knew that God would rescue him. He knew that. Amen? You and I have got to be the same way. You've got to know that if you're in the midst of something that is pretty intense, that if you are obeying God, the best you know how, you may not be doing it perfectly, but you're trying the best you know how, and you know that you're born again, amen, you know that you're a child of God, then you've got to know that in the midst of this tremendous pressure, God's got a way of getting you out. Amen. And so this is what you and I have got to hold on to. And just realize that even though I don't see how it's going to happen, and there's probably not a person in here who hasn't been through something and couldn't think of a way of how you were going to get out of it. But God brought you out. God's brought me out of a lot of stuff. Amen? I mean, whenever I was a heathen, I don't know how many times God saved my life. Amen? I don't know if I've ever told you this, but on on the day of my 21st birthday, amen, we were supposed to, I was having a party at my mother's house, so I invited all my friends to come. Amen? Well, guess what? None of them showed up. Man, I was depressed. Amen? I was depressed. I thought, wow. Now you know who your friends are sometimes. So I told my mom, I'm leaving, I'll be back. So I get in my car, beer in hand, heading to the local watering hole. Amen. All the while, Satan playing this over my head. They really think a lot of you, don't they? This special day, they didn't even show up. They don't really like you. Come on, be honest. He's, he's used it on you before. And so, in Perry County... Everything is hills and narrow roads. Amen. So I was going to this little place down on the river called Rono. Amen. Nobody's heard of it, so don't act like, where's Rono? You can't Google it. It ain't there. (laughs) Amen. And so I was going there, and I was upset. You know, a 21-year-old kid, they do stupid. Amen? So the more I thought about it, the faster my car was going. Amen? I mean, fast. And we're talking about night. We're not talking about daylight. We're talking about night. Barreling down this little county road, I was probably going 90 or more. And Satan told me, he said, why don't you just kill yourself? Because nobody cares anyway. Amen? And I thought, they don't, do they? 
And so I was just kept going and kept going. Well, at the end of the road that I was going to be on, it came to a T. You either went le- right or left. If you went straight, you hit an embankment. And I'm talking about a big embankment, you know, 30 or 40 feet high. Going right after it, amen. Satan telling you, Satan getting your emotions all stirred up. Going toward that, going toward that, coming and seeing it, seeing it in the headlights. And all of a sudden, something went off inside of me and I hit them brakes just as hard as I could. Well, I'm here today. Amen. Hallelujah. I was not fast asleep. I was stirred up because of what people or what I thought people thought about me. If I would have died then, I'd have went to hell. Amen. But God had a plan for my life. He spared me. He put that thought in my head. You understand what I'm saying? How quickly things can change. It could be devastation, destruction, and then all of a sudden God speaks, and then everything is turned around. Amen. Amen. It would be another 17 years before I gave my life to the Lord. And God kept me all that time. One little thing after another. I've, I've probably done forgot most of them. You understand what I'm saying? It is so important. Hallelujah. To get these things going straight in your thinking. Amen? Hallelujah. He was asleep. Amen. He knows for a certainty that God would save him. That's all it took. That's why he was asleep. That's why he didn't necessarily, he didn't care in his spirit. His soul might have been a little agitated, but he still didn't care. Amen. Hallelujah. So you got to always remember that if you're born again, your spirit is settled. It's settled and anchored in the word. But your soul and my soul are not yet. And they have to be trained. You have to train your soul. You have to train your mind. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind starts to get renewed, then things start changing. My life has been dramatically changed by just renewing my mind, and i got to keep my mind going in a renewal mode all the time. Because at any moment, I could get tripped up. Amen? If I even take for granted for one second that I've got this, I don't have it for very long. Amen. I got to, that's why Jesus said to, to you know, in one of the epistles, he said, watch and pray. You, you've got to keep this thing going all the time. Amen? So, Peter was able to do this 
because he didn't have a care for this thing. This was not part of his life, amen? He was not going to have this as part of his life, amen? Let's look at this, praise God. So there's our examples, the best two examples I could find, amen? So let's go and look at this, and we're just going to look at some scriptures that are very, very familiar to us. First Peter chapter 5. We all know this one, but sometimes we just need to read and read and read. Amen? Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, in the Amplified Bible, it says this. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all of them, all of your worries, all of them, all of your concerns, all of them, once and for all. In other words, you've got to make a decision. Amen? Roll them over on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can't, you can't just kind of hold on to some things and, well, you know, God, God will take care of some, I'll take care of some. That don't work. Amen? Anytime you or I get our hands on anything that's a care in our life, it's going to be a train wreck. Amen? It's not going to be a pretty sight. So you've got to cast it all on him. No matter if you think, well, you know, I've been through this before and I knew what to do, and so I'll do that again and everything will be all right. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Amen? This might be a, a, a new devil that you've not came up against, but he's just using an old play. But he's got a, a different design for you. Amen? Hallelujah. So you can't even crack the door. Amen? If he comes knocking, you don't open the door. Amen. You don't listen at the door. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you, and if you, if you answer this by raising your hand, I feel sorry for you. How many of you answer every phone call you get? Oh, thank goodness. I was hoping that that would be the answer. I don't answer any number that I don't know. No matter what. Amen? I figure that if they really want to talk to me, they'll leave me a voicemail. And then I'll listen to the voicemail, and I'll probably delete it and won't call them. Amen? That's just the way I am. Hallelujah. I may, <laughs> this has happened more than once. I mistakenly ran, dialed somebody's number, and it, I realized, oh, that's not who I wanted, and I hung up. I've had people call, hey, you called me. I don't know you, but what were you wanting? <laughs> really? No, you don't do stuff like that at all. You know, I, I've gotten phone calls from Saudi Arabia. I know a lot of people there. So <laughs> I, at first I thought, oh, man, sure. it might be Muhammad. I don't know. Maybe I should answer this one. 
Amen. No. No. You just hit that ignore button. Oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. Amen. It's the same thing you've got to do with Satan. Amen. You've got to ignore his calls. No matter what, no matter how good they may even seem, you still do it. In uh, Ephesians 4.27, in the Amplified, it says, Leave no such room or foothold for the devil and give no opportunity to him. Shut him down. Amen? Shut him down. Don't even go there. Don't allow it to be a part of your life. Amen? And you'll live a lot happier life that way. Praise God. Amen? Pastor and I were talking about Facebook a while ago, and please, if, if you know, don't, don't be mad at me. Facebook is from the pit of hell. Amen? <laughs> Pastor said, oh, that, man, I was wanting to... Amen. You get on there, somebody don't like you, and they'll say something nasty about you. You don't even know who they are. I don't give a rip about these people. Amen. I'm not going to let them feed my soul. Amen. Hallelujah. You understand? It is so important to Get rid of that stuff. It's not worth it. Praise God. If you want to contact somebody, write them a letter. <laughs> That's what Paul did. And all of his are still here centuries later. <laughs> if he'd have had email, he would have. Amen. Praise God. You can't let these things get your soul all tore up. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, if you, if you look at it, this is another example in Luke chapter 10, Martha and Mary. Everybody knows them, the, the sisters. Amen? Jesus comes to Martha's house in the living room teaching. Martha's in there for a little while, said that she was in there. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, i got to feed all these people. What are we going to do about this? So she gets up, leaves the master, goes in, starts clanging pots and pans, starts, you know, uh, skinning rabbits or whatever. I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> Amen. Just doing all kinds of stuff. And all the time that she was in there, she'd glance in there, there would be Mary sitting there, just taking in everywhere. Oh, man, oh, man. There's a feud brewing. Amen. The more she thought about it, did you ever, ever have that happen to you? The more you thought about something, the, the angrier you got? Yeah. Amen. And she just, after a while, she just couldn't take it anymore. So she goes and tosses it to Jesus. Come here. Right in, right in mid-sentence, she probably called him over there. Amen. She said, look. She said, look at all these people. I got to feed all these people. Amen? They're in my house. I got to feed them. 
and that lazy sister of mine sitting over there not doing anything. I don't think she even is really listening to you. She just knows that I need her, so she's just pretending. Amen. What did Jesus say? Oh, man, I didn't realize that. I'll get her out here toot sweet. Amen. Nobody why do you say? He said, Martha, Martha. Anytime he uses the name twice, you know it's not going to be good. Martha, Martha, you are troubled by many things. Amen. But only one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the better part. She was looking for sympathy and got a rebuke. Amen. Hallelujah. But she was overcome with cares. She was overcome with trying to do the right thing. And she didn't realize that the most important engagement that ever took place in her house was taking place right then, and she let it pass her by. Amen? She was too consumed with trying to be the best hostess. Amen? Praise God. You understand that? All right. Troubled by many things. Glory to God. Now let's look at this. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is abandoned by all of those who came with him, except for Luke. And verse 16 says this, and by first trial, no one acted in my defense as my advocate or took my part or even stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. Why? The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. See, you've got, you got to understand this. People are going to disappoint you. Amen? I know this would be hard to believe, but you have probably disappointed other people. Amen. It's just human nature. We, we, don't, we don't see everything, you know, perceive everything properly. Amen. And so we either offend or get offended. Praise God. But if you take the road that Paul took, he said, I'm not going to touch this. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it ride. Let it head off into the sunset. You don't have to be a part of it. You don't have to put it up for the night. Amen. Just let it go. Let it go on its way. Why? Because the Lord is going to stand by you. He's the only one that you need anyway. Amen. Well, it sure would be nice if somebody, you know, down, down here. He is down here. He's inside of you. How much more down here do you need? Amen. He's on the inside of you. He's feeling that, that, that pain, that hurt, 
He's feeling that. He knows that. And he's trying to get us to focus on him. Amen? Focus on what he is doing, how he has brought you out, how he'll be there no matter what. He's the friend who'll stick closer than a brother. Amen? He's the one who'll, who'll be by your side always. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, the Word says. He'll never leave you orphaned. Amen. He's always there for you. All you have to do is cry out. Amen. And he'll come running, it says. Praise God. So, amen. We've got, we've got to do what Paul said here. He said, the Lord stood with me in verse 17 again, so that... Through me, the gospel message might be fully proclaimed. See, he knew that if he went under, then the message to the Gentiles would be hindered. So he knew that God was not going to allow this to happen. He's not going to allow this to happen. Amen? He called him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So if he calls you, he'll equip you. And if he equips you, he'll also protect you. Amen. To see to it that you get the job done. You're part of what needs to be done. So that's what Paul was holding on to. These other people, yeah, you know, they were my friends. You know, Luke stayed with me. But I still loved all of them. Amen. But the Lord strengthened him. The Lord kept him going. Amen. The Lord kept him going. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's what moved him past the emotional hurt that he was going through. No, some people, my God, they have to go through therapy and all kinds of other stuff when somebody, you know, doesn't like, you know, they put something on Facebook and they don't like it. <laughs> They have to go to therapy. <laughs> Spend, oh my Lord. You're thinking I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. There are some people who are so shallow that if, that if everybody don't like them, they're devastated. Amen? Well, as sweet as everybody in this room is, there is someone who really does not like you. Yeah, told you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we might as well just buck up. Amen. And don't worry about it. Hallelujah. My supervisor has a little plaque on at his desk. He says, the greatest freedom that you will ever know is when you decide not to care what anybody thinks about you. Amen. You're not going to please everybody, so don't try. Hallelujah. Just be who you are and be anchored in God. That'll work. That'll work every time. Amen. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you because he trusts in you. Amen. Hallelujah. So you'll keep... 
God will keep anybody in perfect peace if they are totally fixed on him. Not fixed, not, not a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, you got yourself all divided up. You, you know, you look like a pie chart. <laughs> Amen. What percentage is God? Well, we don't, you know, it changes from day to day. What percentage is hurt feelings? Oh, that's a big one. That's always big. Amen. What percentage is sad face? That's always big too. Amen. Hallelujah. But God wants us to come out of those things. Amen. He wants us to come out of these things. I'm starting to run late here, and I've got to give you my four points that I want you to have on this of how to keep your soul quiet. Amen? Are you ready for these? All right. Number one is that you have to make a choice to do it. You have to make a choice. So, shut up. Devil, shut up. I'm not going to listen to you today. Amen? I'm not going to listen to what you're trying to tell me. You have to make a quality decision. If you go and look at this in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, it says, take no thought about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, where you're going to live, do this or that. You know, don't, don't be concerned about those types of things. You've got to make a choice. He said, take no thought. That's a choice. Take no thought. Say, amen, hallelujah. So you've got to do what's right. He says in verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things will be added unto you. Amen. But you've got to seek the kingdom first. Make a choice. You've got to make a choice. That's how you're going to keep yourself settled. It's not going to be yoga, okay? It's not going to be contemplating your belly button. It ain't going to work. Even to think, for me to think about my belly button depresses me. So I don't. Hallelujah. Meditate on the Word of God, like it says in Joshua 1.8. Meditate on the Word and it says, and then you will have good success. Then you'll have it. But you've got to make a choice to meditate. You've got to do the thing that needs to be done. Amen. Number one is always going to be a choice. No matter what it is, you had to make a choice to get saved. It didn't fall on you. Amen. Nobody forced fed you the sinner's prayer. You made a choice. I made a choice. Amen. In the church parking lot, I made a choice to get born again. Amen. Wasn't at the altar. It was behind the wheel of a Chevy. Amen. Come on. That was the spirituals that got for me that day, but let me tell you something. There, I had never felt so free in my life as I felt that moment. Amen. Amen. So I know I'm born again. Yes, 
I know I am. I know I'm going to heaven. I don't have to think about whether or not, oh my gosh, Lord, I hope you didn't see what I did today. Well, he sees it all. He saw it before it happened. Amen. But what's what's that? Make a choice. Make a choice not to, to wallow in the sin that you had. Come out of that and start doing... Start seeking God. Amen? Lord, I repent. Boy, those are good words. I like those words. I like those words. Because he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He'll do that. Amen. That's that's good news. No wonder they call this the good news. That's good news, amen? I can screw up my life something fierce, and, and if I am truly repentant and ask God to forgive me, I don't care how many times, amen? And I've sinned more than once since I got born again. I know it's hard to believe, but I have sinned more than once, amen? Lord, forgive me. Now, when I first got born again, and I wasn't taught yet, I'd sit around ball and squall for days asking God to forgive me if he just would, just forgive me. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God those days are over. It says I can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Not arrogantly, but boldly. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, your soul must be anchored in faith. Your soul must be anchored in faith. James 1, 5 through 8 tells us that if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he'll give it to you unabraded. Amen. But it says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Because he who wavers is like the one who's tossed to and fro by the waves of the sea. And it says that you should not expect to receive anything from God. So you got to anchor your soul in faith. Amen. Anchor your soul in faith. Let's look at this in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go and look at that. I want to read, read something to you here. Are you there? Let's look at Hebrews 12, and let's start with verse 2. I'm going to read this out of Amplified. It says, Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive of our belief, and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame. You just got, sometimes you just got to get rid of some stuff. Just, Amen. Sitting around bawling and squawling about what you've done before, that's not faith. That's called condemnation. Amen. Hallelujah. Just think of him who endured, verse 3, just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself, reckoned up and considered it all in comparison to your trials. In other words, 
Are yours bigger than what Jesus had? Amen. Put them in comparison to what He has done. So you need to do this so that you may not grow weary and exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds or your soul. Man, you got to look at it like this. Jesus paid more than was necessary on the cross. He overdid it, if you want to say it that way. Amen? So that you and I would not ever have to go through the, the shame, the suffering, or anything else of what we have done. So now, anything that you and I have done, just remember this. Jesus suffered more. He suffered more than what you and I could ever do. You and I could never do that. Amen? He suffered more. Praise God. So, you got to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Praise God. Amen? All right. Number three, you got to enter into rest. You got to enter into rest. Amen? This is what he told <laughs> This is what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, rest is your admission that you cannot do anything about the situation. If you can't do anything about it, why are you still worrying? Your worry doesn't do anything for the situation. Amen? So you just stand back and say, well, I can't do anything about this. The only one who can is God. And so therefore, I'm going to put all of this, casting the whole of your care. Amen? Just allow him to have it and allow him to keep it. Whenever you give it away, don't think about it anymore. Take no thought. Amen? Take no thought for any of these things. Amen? In Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Amen? Hallelujah. Just come. See, we got to train ourselves to do this. You're just not going to do this just because the Word says so right now. You've got to retrain yourself to realize that He's the only place and the only person that can change what's going on in your life. Only Him. Amen. And so whenever we are doing that, He says, come, well... Oh, let's just look at it. Amen. I, w I want to quote it right. Let's go to M Matthew chapter 11. Let's just look at that. Glory to God. We're almost done. I got one more. We can breeze through this. Verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from him. How did Jesus do it? He was asleep on a pillow in a storm that the rest of the disciples thought for sure were going to kill him. But he was at rest. Amen? He learned from me. Show, I'll show you how to do it. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and, will find, and you'll find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Just learn from Jesus. Enter into rest. John 14, 27, Jesus says, I leave you peace, my peace I give you. Amen. He gives you his peace. Amen. I hope this is helping us because really with the agitations that are going on in the world today, we've got to enter into this. Amen. Or we'll be consumed by it. And it's easy done. Believe me, all you have to do is get around a few people who are consumed with this, and if you're not watchful, you will be swept right into it with them. And I know that you and I all think that that would never happen to us. Amen. But let's not go there. Amen. Hallelujah. Number four, this is it. You got to think like God thinks. You just got to think like God thinks. Well, how can I do that? Well, if you num num, get in the Word. Amen. That's how you're going to think like God. You got to look at your circumstances the way God sees them. <clears throat> Amen. Matthew 19.36 says this, With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. You've got to look at it that way. Praise God. Amen. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that his purposes for us are far above and be above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Amen. I thought about that this morning as, as I was reading that because got, I've got a lot of these scriptures on a uh, bulletin board at my desk. I read them every day. And I thought about that and I thought, you know what? Just me standing here in front of you is infinitely beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Amen. Had no clue. Had no clue. But yet here I am. And you have to bear the brunt of me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But think about that. Think about some of the things God has done in your life. You thought, how in the world could that have ever happened? But yet it did. Why? Because that's part of that Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, said the Lord, and are thoughts for your good and not for your harm. Yeah. Everything that God has for us is for our good. It may not seem like it at first, but after you've went through it, after you're doing it, and you look back and you say, well, Lord, once again, you're smarter than me. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we've got to think like God thinks. Isaiah 55, 11 says that his thoughts and ways are greater than our thoughts and ways. He's got far more in store for you and I than what we are believing at this moment. 
Amen? So don't shortchange God. Even though we're not able to think of it yet, don't forget about it. Find out from God, Lord, how can this really be? Show me how. Inquire like Mary, how can this be? For I've never known a, a man. How is this going to happen? What did he say? Oh, you'll find out. No. The Holy Spirit said and told her exactly how it was going to take place. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. He didn't leave her wandering. He didn't tell her that she was going to have the Savior of the world and then buzz off through a wall. She had a question. He answered it. Amen. That's how it was. Praise God. So we've got to get into this thing about overcoming all of these obstacles. And sometimes they're going to seem like a lot. But I, I like what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, for we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have everything in our possession right now that we're going to need. Amen? Forever. Not just for a little while, but for all time to come. It is going to take us above and beyond. Hallelujah. If we just make sure our soul gets in line with everything else. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.